listening to the Unfree Parents Podcast, episode 063. Your scene to chat about life, family, and of course, Unfree's I'm Sarah Jahimiak, podcast host, writer, mom of three, wife, and total Unfree. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the show. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode, which featured my chat with Umphreys McGee keyboardist, Joel Cummins. There is a link in the show notes where you can give that a listen. And the last two weeks of the show were all about the new book that Joel and Matt DeCourcy co-wrote together, The Realist Guide to a Successful Music Career. I will also throw the link to Matt's interview in the show notes as well, if you haven't checked that one out. This week, we'll recap the band's three recent shows, which saw a stop at Summer Meltdown in Darrington, Washington on August 2nd, Kettle Amphitheater in Bonner, Montana on August 3rd, and Red Butte Garden in Salt Lake City, Utah on August 4th. Before we get to this week's episode, I'd like to tell you all about my sponsor, Swift Charge. If you were at summer camp or Electric Forest earlier in the summer, perhaps you saw their booths or maybe you used their service. I mentioned in my summer camp recap episode how awesome it was to have their charger during the entire weekend. If you're not sure exactly what Swift Charge provides, you pre-order a charger and go to pick it up at the booth when you get to the festival. It suction cups to the back of your phone and charges while you rage the show. The charger runs out of juice. You just take it back to the booth and switch it out for a new one. Unlimited charging the entire weekend. And did you know that the charger is yours to keep forever? Yes, keep your charger and plug it in at home, recharge it and take it anywhere with you. I throw mine in my purse and use it when I'm out with my kids, running errands, or if we're on a road trip. I love everything about the portability and the ease of this. Swift Charge will be providing portable charging. Yes, that includes four-year vape pen too at live music festivals throughout the summer. There is a link to their site in the show notes where you can see a complete list of where they'll be. And especially for my listeners, if you use promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, at checkout, when you pre-order a charger for your next festival, you'll receive 10% off. That is promo code Sarah, S-A-R-A, and you'll receive 10% off. Also, I wanted to mention, if you're looking to get the word out about your shirts, pins, jewelry, prints, band that's going on tour, or small business that is looking to work with some like-minded folks, Um Freak Parents Podcast would love to help you get the word out. UPP is offering custom-made advertising packages that will fit your specific needs and budget. Packages include ad time on the podcast, social media plugs, product reviews, and more. With an average 200 plus downloads per episode, about 50 new episodes a year, when you advertise with UPP, your ad will be heard by tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow ump family. 
email umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in chatting more. All right, so let's get to talking about some music. August 2nd, the band played a one-set appearance at Summer Meltdown in Darrington, Washington. This is the first time that they have played at this festival. It is called the largest locally produced camping and music festival in the Pacific Northwest and has been going on at the foot of White House Mountain in the Cascade Mountains in Darrington, Washington since 2000. Other bands that played during the weekend were Pigeons Playing Ping Pong, Spafford, Tipper, and many others. As I mentioned, this was one set, and while there were feelings of it being standard on paper, there are some very sick jams nestled inside of here. The evening opening with Bathing Digits and moving along into Bridgeless A highlight I thought from this evening when it begins to really dance open about eight minutes in is specifically why I thought this was a highlight. I love the fullness of Stasic's sound here. And then a few minutes later, I envision sort of flipping and opens up in this different way and then slamming back into Bridgeless. Ringo coming up next, another highlight I thought from the evening as well. It really opens up wide slightly after six minutes, dancing back into Ringo for a few and then heads back out again. Stasic, you know, again, laying down some very thick foundation to the beginning of this jam and keeping that thickness layered underneath as it pieces to, you know, come back together and build on top the last minute of this too they just allow it to soar out one more time before reeling it back into Ringo those two definitely you're going to want to listen to how they just came right out and were ready to go for sure dancing into Wappy next that is very intense section to it this buildup that explodes slightly after eight minutes and then comes down and about a minute later it begins its crawl back together building up this excited and massive energy that just blows up back into Wappy. That part is probably my favorite of the song, you know, the end of it where it's just this buildup and sometimes they do this like really kind of intense slinky sort of grimy crawling back into you know the ending of Wappy I just really love the massiveness that that song is Booth Love next shout out to Joel in this one about 620 in just killing that part of the jam I love his contribution to that there the Lanier another one that I thought was a nice that had a nice little treat inside of it. Very expansive in the adventure that they took this one on as well. Honestly, I think they're very open with all of the jams in this show. You know, there's not really a very aggressive side to this show at all, I thought. Very open with where they took the jams throughout the evening. Puppet String next, sinking in slightly before four and a half getting very lost in space for a minute and sort of fading out and leaving that puppet string behind. 
stumbling around at first, but then collecting its thoughts and sweetly moving into Haji, Day Nurse, and then the conclusion of Puppet String to finish up the evening at the Summer Meltdown. August 3rd, the band played at Kettle House Amphitheater in Bonner, Montana, also the first time that they have played at this venue. They have, however, played in Montana a total of 15 times, including this show here. The evening begins with You Got the Wrong Guy and moves very, very nicely into Plunger. This one dances comfortably into its jam slightly after seven minutes. Plunger has been a lot of fun this year, I think. There are two versions from earlier in the year at the Ryman on March 29th and also from the Brooklyn Run on February 15th, I believe it was, that I thought were two standouts from this year. And actually, I put them on my Hall of Fame list. This one here, I think, is up there in terms of the adventure that it goes on. And I may pop this one on my list as well just to come back to it and listen back to the jam in there. I do really enjoy the direction that Joel takes this jam slowly and sprinkling apart, coming back together and then into Half Delayed, followed by Deeper that begins to spread its wings slightly after five minutes, not taking a lot of time before finding its groove and allowing itself to really fully expand. I was a little surprised to see how they sort of put the brakes on the jam inside of there, allowed it to cool, and then transitioned into educated guests. That uh, slamming on the brakes there was a little bit of uh, like kind of in the groove of dancing, and then it was just like, oh, okay. So a little surprising, but, you know, no complaints. End of the road next, last played January 28th, 2018, and um, facts on Twitter shares all sorts of cool little tidbits about that uh, tune. You should be following him if you are not. Seriously, this guy has the best Humphreys knowledge, really. Jimmy was actually also on the show way back when, <laughs> episode two. I will link that episode and his Twitter account in the show notes. Definitely follow his account if you're on Twitter and you just want to nerd over Humphrey stuff. That's the place to do it. August next, again, all sorts of great facts about the tune being played in August as well on Jimmy's Twitter account. I'll link that in the show notes. And there's also an amazing list of all the Augusts, like 246 tracks on this Nugs playlist that was floating around on Twitter, made by fellow Umfreak Kyle, shouting you out, love you, dude. Um, I'll actually show that, uh, share that in the show notes too, if it allows me to. A really great list of all the Augusts to just dive into and get lost in. This one begins to get into it slightly before two and a half, continuing on with confidence for quite a while before it pivots and cools for just a little bit, and then it gets back on its feet and opens up again, sliding right back into August. I will admit that August, being my birthday month, this one has always held a special place in my heart. 
lots of great stuff in the show notes about this tune. So definitely check that out if you just love to read all of this nerdy, Umphreys, in-depth stuff. I'm all about it. So it's all in there if you're interested in reading it too. And the first set from the evening at Kettle House Amphitheater would close with Maybe Someday. Set two opens with the triple wide, the jam starting to sink its heels in slightly before three and a half, going on a very interesting adventure, and I may be a little crazy, but I feel like this from Jake specifically when it starts to journey is a part of that it doesn't matter Western jam from January, but it's sped up matured and put into this mystical and entrancing dance party in the triple wide after you listen to this email the show please and tell me what you think because I'm very interested in knowing moving into a more sensual jam a few minutes later that will just spread open into this beautiful illuminating jam building way up spilling over and dancing back into the triple wide The bottom half next, sweetly beginning its journey slightly before three and a half. Personally, I am all about this jam. I love the emotion behind it. And this is one of those that I will come back to when I'm meeting that very like, fuck yeah, heartful, let's fucking do this feeling. This is definitely that jam that I will come back to. Utopian Fur next that would start with a very nice Over the Hills and Far Away by Zeppelin Tease. And then schizophrenically, it contains a cover of In Bloom by Nirvana, sung in the Nirvana style. Um, That cover is the break song inside of Utopian. They do the entire song. It's not just a snippet and then going back into Utopian. It is the full song. They have also covered this sung and played the way that Sturgill Simpson covers this song. Interesting, I know. Um, If you haven't listened to it, I will link a couple versions. I'm not sure how many times off the top of my head they've covered it that way. Um, But I will link what what I find in the show notes so you can listen to it. If you haven't listened to them, do the Sturgill Simpson version. It's very cool that they've done it two different ways. When they do the Nirvana version, um, Bayless is the one that sings. And when they do the Sturgill Simpson version, I'm pretty sure, I'm I'm very certain about this, that Jake is the one that sings it. Um, But it's very cool that they, you know, do the original cover and then they do a cover of a cover in a way. They're both really, really good. But as I said, I'll definitely link the other one in there. So you can definitely listen to the difference of them. They're both really great, like I said, though. In Bloom has been covered by Umphreys a total of 30 times, including this time here. Last time that this was played was Holidays this past year on December 14th. Stepping right back into Utopian Fur, adventuring on and dancing comfortably into itself, beginning to get a very full and bounciness to it about nine minutes in, thanks to Stasic coming down to cool before moving back into Utopian, a very sexy and dreamy reggae jam, dancing this out and very nicely gliding into Higgins. 
that Higgins will begin its adventure early on, only about three minutes in, changing its mood a few minutes later and getting more aggression to it, coming down a few minutes later after that, dancing back into Higgins to close out the second set. And Encore was a standalone divisions. Chris and Andy just killing it right around four minutes, building back up into the song about two minutes later, and then heading back out to allow them to expand one more time into a very hopeful jam, soaring back into the lyrics and closing out the evening in Montana. That brings us to the final show of the weekend. On August 4th, the band played at Red Butte Garden in Salt Lake City, Utah. While the band has never played at this very beautiful venue before, they have played in Salt Lake City and the state of Utah 10 other times. The first time back in 2002 on July 16th. August 4th was my 35th birthday, um, but sadly we did not make it to the show Um, Getting to Utah was not something that we were able to swing, Um, but I have had the pleasure of seeing Umphreys the day before my birthday in Utica in 2014. That was very awesome. This year, instead, my husband and I went to Cobblestone Live. It's a local music festival here in Buffalo, New York. This is actually the third year for that festival. We went the first year in 2017 and saw Aqueous and Moon Taxi that year. This year we were able to catch Billy Strings, which was really the reason why we went there. My husband and I have been on a Billy Strings kick anyways. And then, of course, after witnessing that nothing too fancy sit-in, um... You know, we're all about him. So it was awesome to catch his set. We actually had a chance to briefly talk with Billy and tell him just how fucking amazing that Nothing Too Fancy was. Um, And he was, you know, his face lit right up. And, you know, so you can tell he was definitely like jazzed from playing with them and and doing that. Um, I just want to say a quick thank you and shout out to Josh Holtzman and all of the uh, the Cobblestone Live crew, um, not only for the press credentials, but also for putting together something like this in Buffalo. It's very, very awesome. I'm very excited to watch this grow and help them in any way that I can. Um, If you are in Buffalo or around the area, definitely check this festival out next summer. It is a lot of fun, and I don't think it will be very long until we're seeing Umphreys on one of their stages. So I will link all of their info, uh, their website, social media, etc. in the show notes. So you can check it out more if you like. Definitely a good time, so check it out if you have the time. Anyway, back to this show. The garden looked absolutely beautiful. I had some friends that were there riding the rail. Shout out to Ryan and Connor. Love you guys. Anyway, uh, Ryan posted a picture and there was like almost this full garden. (laughs) It seemed like all this foliage and plants and everything between the band and the rail. Like that's, you know, the pit section. It was very, very interesting. Hopefully they'll play there again so I can go and check it out. Um, I know the venue is also BYOB, so 
that's also an interesting and awesome perk. Before Umphreys would take the stage that evening, Jake did come out to join opening band Pigeons playing ping pong on their song Poseidon. Um, I did link the YouTube video of that in the show notes. You can watch it if you haven't. And I know also that Pigeons does put their show on nugs. I know it does take a little bit longer um, than the turnaround of Umphreys putting their stuff on there. Um, But when they do put that show up on nugs, you can also listen to it that way as well. This show opens with Conduit sinking its heels in slightly before four minutes and really taking off and soaring way out, bringing it down just a little bit a few minutes later, but continuing to dance along until they take it back into Conduit. Get in the van next, followed by Uncle Wally. Tribute to the Spinal Shaft dancing in after that, sinking very comfortably into its jam about seven minutes in, really beginning to expand a few minutes later and opening fully up, coming back down to sea level at the at the end and dancing around a little bit before transitioning into In the Kitchen, the jam getting down to a very gritty sound about four minutes in, a very full and round sound underneath the jam as it continues on, thanks to Stasek. And I do want to say, I have no idea what he's been doing with his sound. Maybe it is spending that time and playing with Doom Flamingo, you know, a completely different uh, space for him to create. So, you know, there's no doubt that some of that is, is going to translate into his other work. Um, so maybe it's that. I don't know what it is, but I am really digging whatever he's been doing lately. I'm just loving it. So whatever you're doing, Stasic, keep fucking doing it. Opening up into a more uplifting jam for a little bit, switching gears and getting a little dark and cloudy, but breaking through with what I envisioned in my mind when I was listening to this, like little rays of sunlight just coming back into In the Kitchen and then bursting right through with the ending of the song. And if you've not checked out the recent thing that Umphrey's released, it's called Complacently Replacing a Memory. It is basically the many steps that Brendan has taken with the song In the Kitchen. There's like all these different versions and there's like a Spanish version and there's like this and this. There's a whole bunch of stuff. I will link um, the write-up that Umphreys posted on their official site about it. And you can stream it on Spotify and Umlive and I believe Nugs. Um, so I'll link all that in there as well. I personally have not had a chance to listen to the whole thing yet, about halfway through, um, but it's very interesting journey to go on for sure and, you know, learn more about this song. So if you like that kind of nerdy stuff, definitely check that out for sure. Speak Up Next, dropping into the depth of the jam slightly before five minutes. Stasic again, really giving that just chunky, full sound as the rest of it continues to build up. And like I said before, I don't know what he's experimenting with or doing or trying or whatever, but I dig it and I know a lot of others do too. Again, this one expanding way, way out, coming down to catch its breath a little bit, but picking right back up to head first into In the Black to close out the first set.
second set opens with nothing too fancy, going on its usual fancy adventure, and then sinking into improv about 11 minutes in and adventuring on leaving the sights of nothing too fancy in the rearview mirror for now and deciding to dance into the silent type, heading out about three minutes in. And I know I brought this up before. This one, while not one of my favorite songs lyrically, it is a really great jam vehicle. Always takes us on a very nice adventure. So when I see this on a set list, that's right what I think of instead. I'm just like, ooh, where is that silent type going to take us? So I'm glad that I've switched my thinking about that song. A mashup coming up next, Frankie Zombie, featuring Thunder Kiss 65 by Frankie Zombie, Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and Have a Cigar by Pink Floyd. This mashup has been played live only 12 times, including this one here. Last played January 26th, 2018 at the Fillmore in Philadelphia. This mashup first was performed on October 27th, 2012 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you're not aware and looking for this and other mashups, from the band, the album Zonky is what you're going to want, and I will link that in the show notes if you're interested. The Beautiful Glory Next that moves sweetly into 2 by 2 sort of falling down the rabbit hole around 7 minutes and then coming out back into 2 by 2 The ending of Nothing Too Fancy, followed by Bad Friday, another tune. This one's growing on me lyrically. But the jams that come out of this are always a great, great time. That Bad Friday would close out the second set. And the evening would totally come to an end with an encore of the floor. So that's all I have for this week's episode of the show. Anything referenced throughout can be found in the show notes, including the set list for the shows discussed and where you can listen to them. If you have any questions or comments about anything talked about in this show or any other episode, please feel free to reach out. I love hearing from you guys, so please don't hesitate to contact the show. How you can do that is also in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Much obliged.